0: what's up y'all this week i wrote about post quarantine and my hopes and anxieties and fears and dreams about what the world and we can look like as things start opening back up it's called post quarantine life we deserve better and i hope you enjoy honestly i'm not really excited about things opening back up post quarantine Mostly because I know that for many people, things opening back up means back to normal. And our normal has never been normal. We deserve more and better than back to normal. So I'm feeling a lot of things right now. I'm horrified that 553,000 people have died from COVID in this country I'm disgusted that so many of these deaths were preventable. I'm mourning losses, big and small, that have resulted from this pandemic. I'm glad that with the vaccine, things are starting to look up. I'm relieved that everyday life is becoming less of a health risk, especially for frontline workers. I abhor the terrible things that this pandemic has embodied and entailed for so many people in so many ways. I want all of that to end. I'm excited for all of that to end. And I'm also acutely aware of all the things this pandemic has not caused, all the things this pandemic has not manifested, all the things this pandemic has just uncovered and unearthed. Some things about this pandemic have had less to do with a change in what is happening and everything to do with the change in how and that we perceive what is happening. The past year has sparked so many more people to ask questions about our way of living and being. Questions like, how could local governments so blatantly value profit over people? And the answer is not new. These same local governments have always valued profit over people. The signs have been everywhere for decades. These same local governments have been treating people experiencing homelessness like trash outside of businesses, have been sweeping, abusing, and criminalizing human beings in the name of empty sidewalks and a clear path to profit. People are asking questions like, How did billionaires become $1.1 trillion richer, 40% richer, during a global pandemic? The answer has always been... Capitalism works for the rich, who get richer, by violently exploiting people and situations in the never-ending quest for more. People are asking questions like, How could so many people be so skeptical and dismissive of scientific facts, so self-interested that trivial personal liberties, such as not wearing a cloth over nose and mouth, were chosen over saving each other's lives? The answer is not new. These same people have always been skeptical and dismissive of facts, of imperialism, of colonialism, white supremacy, patriarchy, and other forms of state-sanctioned violence. These same people have always been comfortable with death and mass death at that. They just had to pull the mask down for more people to really see it up close and personal. People are asking questions like, How did a man kneel on another man's neck long enough to kill him in broad daylight? These men have had their knees on necks for centuries of broad daylight. And I'm just not excited about the world opening back up for that. I'm not excited about a lot of things. I just can't get my rocks off about being too busy commuting, too busy in the office, too busy working overtime, too busy calling that socializing with coworkers, too busy being a cog in a machine, Too busy calling that my dream. Too busy fake dreaming to wake the fuck up to all this bullshit happening in broad daylight. Some have asked me, but hasn't this pandemic taken a toll on your mental health? Hasn't it been like social death? Hasn't it been isolating? And I can't answer this question with excitement. I can't answer this question without being absolutely confounded that many of the same people who ask this question, people who barely made it through 12 months of kinda quarantine in their comfy homes, still think prison is a place that humans should be. I can't answer this question without being enraged that these same people who were so negatively affected in homes with 20 ways to watch TV thousands of ways to entertain themselves and communicate with their loved ones, many of whom are in the room over are still proponents of sentencing people, disproportionately black and brown people, to years and decades and lifetimes of extreme isolation and social death. Six foot by eight foot concrete cells with no TVs, no cell phones, no loved ones, where the number of books you can have is limited, where phone calls are only allowed out, never in, and only out to an approved list of less than 10 people for 20-minute segments for 12 cents a minute isolation and social death. I can't stand this question because I know that when the world opens back up for us, We can so easily forget about how the world will never open back up for 2.3 million people in this country. We can forget that the world was never open to most of these people in the first place, just out to get them. We can forget how many of these imprisoned people have never had the stable homes and fresh air that so many of us were so oppressed by for 12 months we can forget that quarantine feeling that could have grown into an understanding. When the world opens back up for us, we can pretend again that there is a clear line in the sand that divides us, the good people, the free people, from them, the bad people, the people that belong in cages. When things open back up for us, we can forget the black codes and the prison industrial complex We can pretend again that good people and bad people is not coded racist language. We can forget again that prison is the mutation of slavery. When things open back up for us, we can forget again that social death and isolation is not a way to solve human problems, that it's a way to compound them, that prison is not a way to solve social problems, it's a way to disappear them. The world will open back up and we can again be brainwashed, sleeping dream job cogs in a capitalist machine that ate 550,000 people in 12 months and is still not full. We can fulfill ourselves the same way, on greed and materialism, in an insatiable quest for more, without worry that the capitalist machine will kill us. Because when you do the grind right, it's a suicide mission the world will open back up and we can continue the quest to be something and somebody at the expense of being ourselves the world will open back up and we can again confuse attention with connection conflate visibility with love and pretend that we aren't lonely in big crowded rooms the world will open back up and we can resume the horrors or we can change the way we exist because we deserve better and while I'm not exactly excited about the world opening back up because I know what we have done I'm also hopeful about the world opening back up because I know I know what we can do as we move into the next months and years, as COVID begins to show mostly in our rear views, I do hope some things stay the same. I hope some things change too, and mostly I hope they don't change back to the way that they were. Just as we should mourn and celebrate life and death, I think we should both mourn and celebrate the things that the past year has brought us. There were a lot of things I liked about the past year. Here's a list. I like the way people have been asking me how I am and have really wanted to know the answers, have had time and stayed to hear the answers, have been okay with different answers, have related, have been vulnerable. I like cherishing and feeling cherished, especially in acts and states of vulnerability. I like the small gatherings where we can hear each other where it matters what I have to say and how well I listen, not just what I have on or how well I can perform a party. I like how people have been seeking each other. I like the way we have remembered how much we need each other, how we hug less often but hug long and hard and with both arms. I like seeing how much we should and can trust those that we let into our space. I like the autonomy and respect for my space and time that the pandemic has cultivated. I like how this pandemic has exposed that my decisions about how I inhabit space and time, what and who I engage with, have to do with both wanting and needing. I like how people have been able to see more that a decision not to go to a thing or be with people doesn't mean I love and want the people or the thing any less. Sometimes it just means I need space and time for different. I like how this pandemic has allowed me to feel less obligated to perform social engagement for others, more entitled to be my true self, and more able to connect from that authentic place of meanness. I like how this pandemic has eased my anxieties about keeping up in order to fit in. In a slow-moving world, it has been easier to see that I only really miss out on things that miss me. That things worth having think I'm worth having, too. That things and people worth loving will love and welcome and hold me, too. Will make and move and march to fit me in. Always. Always. I'm grateful that people recognized my long-withstanding interest and knowledge in some facets of truth and justice and encouraged me to open my mouth, despite my long-withstanding fear. I like using my voice for truth and justice. I like that truth and justice is being heard and listened to. I like how godly change has showed herself to be, how often we have had to surrender to change over the past year. I like how the pandemic has challenged me to stay in right relationship with change and stray from dehumanizing, fearful, colonialist, capitalist, white supremacist, patriarchal tendencies of trying to dominate, retain control, remain unchanging, attain permanence, to be anything other than what I am, a living, changing organism that is part of a living, changing ecosystem. I like how all these changes have reminded me that I, too, can shape change, that things can change, that we will change, that we must. All that you touch, you change. All that you change changes you the only lasting truth is change god is change beware god exists to shape and to be shaped octavia butler i like the way quarantine has challenged me to distinguish between busyness and abundance between business and pleasure between a crowded room and a full one between filling myself and feeling fulfilled. I like how people are more accepting of being human during a workday, doing human things during a workday. Not feeling like being human is a constant possibility of being fired. I like my family time. time that is mine to spend with loved ones of all kind. I like not having to be perceived all day every day. I like being able to mute my video. I like being able to be less visible as black or a woman. I like the freedom of just being listened to. I like how many more people are understanding or trying to understand what it's like to live every day with mental illness. I like how many people are starting to see that mental health is not just the result of individual biology, but a product of the world and society we have built. I like not having to wake up in a rush and get on a not very fun commute meeting email meeting desk lunch meeting commute theme park ride that i can't hop off of until it's done i like being able to pause and pivot and sometimes stop when i'm done i like having autonomy over my body being able to relieve myself or go for a walk or eat or hug my family member in the middle of the day without capitalist surveillance disguised as supervision. I like knowing that I have supervision, knowing that I know my needs and that I can meet those needs. I like being able to arrange my life in a way that values my being over my productivity, in a way where my life begets more life. We have been disconnected and isolated and unbothered by mass death for so many centuries. Back to normal after COVID wouldn't mean an end to these things. Just a change of clothes. Disconnection dressed as busyness. Isolation in crowded rooms. State sanctioned and state catalyzed violence without protest. Our normal is not normal. It never has been. Honestly, I'm scared that the pandemic didn't fundamentally change us in any way. I'm scared that we've been so abhorrent to the awful parts of the pandemic, as we should be, that we haven't taken the time or liberty to salvage the good. And although I'm scared, I'm also hopeful. I hope that the world will open back up and people's minds and ears and eyes won't close. I'm hopeful that there won't be less questions I'm hopeful that there is less acceptance of what is and more movement toward what can be. I'm hopeful that capital and social capital don't upstage truth and community and connection once again. I hope we can recognize the lie that there is so much wrong with ourselves and nothing wrong with the world. I hope we can demand less of ourselves and more different from spaces and systems and institutions. I hope the post-COVID world is at least a little bit less demanding, conforming, materialistic, entranced, uninterested, apathetic, and preoccupied. I hope we can continue or perhaps begin to envision ourselves, our whole selves, outside of productivity in the confines of a job, title, and workplace. I hope we organize to secure and protect our autonomy, humanity, and time with loved ones. I hope we remember ourselves. I hope we remember each other. And I know the movement continues. That's what gives me hope. And then a short note to acknowledge that many of the pandemic quote-unquote good things that I listed are a result of particular demographics, personal preferences, I'm an introvert, and working in a certain sector of the economy. And I'd be really interested to hear other people's pandemic good things also. Hit me up. Thanks, y'all. Love.